Well, it is all about the goalies for today's episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. We're going to look at all of the UFAs, Tristan Jari included, and all of the trade options to see who are the best available options for the Penguins in net for this upcoming season that's coming up right after this. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LRS Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen today. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. And when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So let's get right into it. Look at the top free agents for this year's goalie class. And there is going to be quite a lot of movement with the goalies. And of course, we'll start with the one and only Tristan Jari, who is expected to be a UFA, 9-10 save percentage this season, below average and goal state above expected. The biggest thing, of course, with him, he can't stay healthy, at least for the last couple of seasons. Had that injury towards the end of the regular season last year, missed last month, and missed most of the first-round playoff series, and this year was on and off. Had the back injury, had the groin injury, just hasn't been able to stay healthy. When he is healthy, he's usually decent. You know, he he was playing well before he got hurt last year, but ever since then, he's just been way too inconsistent. You know, there was a report today from Elliot Freeman on the 32 Thoughts podcast where he said during the season when Jari was negotiating with Hextall and Burke. He said he was looking for a five to six year term. I'm sorry. That's a hard pass. I'm not giving him a five to six year term, especially because of his injury history and, you know, just because he's been inconsistent. You know, his numbers, they're comparable to a lot of other goalies in the league. But are you really going to sit here and give him what? Five times five, six times five? That's ridiculous. I, I don't think, you know, Kyle Dubas can do that. You're just you're setting yourself up for failure with that kind of deal. I think the best bet if you want to bring Jari back is if you sign him to a two to three year deal, maybe three point five to four million per. Because his honestly, his value right now is super super low. So it probably would be in his best interest to sign a short term deal for not that much money to try to rebuild his value, whether it's with the Penguins or whether it's with someone else before he can maybe cash out in a couple of years if he does have two pretty good seasons and he stays healthy. That's what I would be looking at if, 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 if I were him. I, five to six year term. I know there's a lot of weird teams or weird general managers out there. I don't know if any are going to sign him to that kind of deal. I think that's just a little ridiculous in my opinion. If it's not Tristan Jari, you know, obviously you know, one of the top options, if not the top one, Aiden Hill, who is having an unreal run for the Vegas Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He has a 937 save percentage in this run. Save eight goals above expected. That's top five right now. 
In the regular season, he was 914. He's always been around league average to a little bit of above league average throughout his career. He's been kind of even used as a 1B platoon slash backup. But now he's been the guy for Vegas in the playoffs outside of a few games from Lauren Brassois before he got hurt. And Hill has been great. I mean, he has them two wins away from their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. And he's outplaying Sergei Borovsky right now. And I think everyone thought that Bobrovsky, you know, he was the better goalie coming into this series. But so far, Hill is outplaying him. And it really hasn't been close. Hill, that's going to be interesting because, you know, obviously if I were the Penguins, I would be interested. And if Jari walks, I would very much go after Hill. But the big thing with him is, are you comfortable signing him to a four times 4.5 or four times five, or even a five times five kind of deal? Like what Darcy Kemper got in Washington. Because I, I keep making this argument on my shot, and I will say it until the end of time. In my opinion, there are only five to seven good to elite goaltenders in this league. The rest, you can kind of interchange them, rank them however you choose. Aiden Hill is in that latter category. Maybe he's probably up higher right now because of the way he's playing. But is he going to be this consistent? over the course of a four- to five-year deal. That's the risk you will have to run if the Penguins go after him if you are Kyle Dubas. Again, he'll give you at least average to above-average goaltending, but he's not going to give you a 937 season. I mean, this is a short sample size for one. And two, you know, again, goaltending is very volatile. There's a reason why it's one of the, it actually is the, the hardest position to predict when it comes to the NHL. So, yeah, that to think about the contract. He could turn back into a pumpkin. It's it, it's interesting when you, when you when it really comes down to it. He he would be at the top of my list, but there's still some concerns there. Another one, Freddie Anderson got healthy for the playoffs, saved six goals above expected with a 9.27 save percentage. But the big thing with him is when he gets into next season, he's going to be 34 years old. He only had a 9.03 save percentage this past year, and of course, can he stay healthy? It's kind of a similar situation like Tristan Jari when he's. Really, really healthy. He's very good. And you saw that in the playoffs. But can you rely on him to stay that way throughout the course of a season? Because he's had this problem throughout his career, even not this season, but the last season before this. He was playing at a Vesna caliber level, gets hurt at the end of the regular season. The Hurricanes have to rely on Antti Ranta and Kachekov in their run to the second round before they lost to the Rangers in seven games. So... You have that risk to run there. He would be at the top of my list as well. But again, another big concern there with the injuries and only being 903 and, of course, his age. I think he would come cheap. I don't think he's going to sign a massive five-time five deal. I think you can get him for two years, maybe, what, $3 million, something like that. I don't think he's going to cost you too, too much money. He's also an option. Another player on my big board, you have Jonathan Quick. Hasn't really played much this season. He's a bit older, but I think he would sign for cheap, maybe a one to two year deal for a couple million. Was only 882 this season. Not good enough. He's a bit older. He'd probably be on the lower end of my, I guess, want category. Semyon Varlamov, same thing, a bit older. What is he, 35, 36 now? 898 save percentage for the Islanders this past season behind Ilya Sorokin. I don't think they're going to bring him back because Sorokin is the guy. I think they're going to go want to go with a cheaper backup for him. And also they are going to have to pay Sorokin probably 
uh, potentially this offseason, that's going to be a massive number. I think Varlamov could be a decent one being this system if you get another goalie to pair with him. I just don't think it would work with Tristan just because I don't think he had a good year. And I think if you could sign a cheaper or a, a younger goalie, I should say, to pair with Varlamov, that would make more sense. Other p- options out there, Anton Hudobin, Jonathan Bernier didn't really pay much this season. You got James Reimer, Lauren Bassois, Martin Jones, Antti Ranta. Of that group, I would say Antti Ranta is the more intriguing slash fascinating option. Played a little over 30 games for the Hurricanes this season. He's good, you know, in, in a jiffy. He can give you 30, 35 games, average goaltending. He played pretty well against the Islanders in the first round before Freddie Anderson took over and then he led them, led them to the conference final. I think he can give you decent 1B production for the Penguins. If if you do, if they do decide to bring back Jari, I think Ronta as a backup behind him would make sense. You can send a Smith to another team. Because you know, if, if Jari does get hurt, you can rely on Ronta for a stretch. And, and he's a good enough goalie where he can still use some games at times or at least give you a chance to win games. Whereas Casey Smith, a lot of times this season, he was not able to do that, which was one of the main reasons why the Penguins did not make the playoffs. So he's an option. You know, Outside of those, though, there's not really too many other UFAs. Jeremy Swayman is a dream RFA option, but the Penguins, they don't have their own pick to offer sheet him. For next year, you know, they, they traded that pick away. Their pick they have is a pick they got in return for the, the Teddy Bluger trade. They can't give away that pick because it was not their pick to begin with. So they would have to, so they can't really use that. They would have to offer Sheets Swayman in a different money category for picks that they do have. <clears throat> you, you see, I, I, I think, I, I hope that all of you follow that one. Obviously that's a dream, but I think it's probably less and less likely right now. In terms of the free agent options, I mean, Jari's right up there if that's only what you're looking at, but I don't think Kyle Dubas is going to only look at that. If he does though, let's just play this hypothetical. It's Jari, Aiden Hill, and Frederick Frederick Anderson up at the top for me with Auntie Ronta a little bit below him. If you can't come to agreement with Jari, then your next best option is Aiden Hill and then Freddie Anderson. I honestly, this might be a little bit of a hot take. I might be prepared for some backlash in the comments. I understand. I might be more inclined to go after Freddie Anderson than Aiden Hill. And yes, I know injuries. It's a bit older, 903 save percentage in the regular season, but I was very impressed with him during the playoffs. He was fully healthy. If he can carry that over to the regular season, I, I would be very intrigued about signing him to a one to two year deal, kind of like a prove it deal. He has the prior history with Kyle Dubas. So I can see what that, and you know, I'm also saying this in the case that Hill prices himself out of Pittsburgh. And if Jari continues to want the big term for his contract, but I don't think Freddie Anderson is that much of a throwaway as some people think he is. That's what I'll say on that. That wraps up this first segment though with the top free agents. Who is your top free agent goalie for this upcoming offseason? If it's not Jari, who would it be? Let me know down in the comments. You can also send me a DM and all that good stuff. But before we get to our next segment, which we'll get into the trade market, and yes, that means some discussion regarding Connor Hellebuck, we do have to discuss bird dogs. Bird dogs, they stretch khaki shorts and they are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but Lululemon, excuse me, but fit 
way better. They also fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. And they fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And of course, your shorts don't stink. I absolutely love wearing bird dogs. You can wear them multiple times a week. They don't stink. <clears throat> they are very, very comfortable to wear around the house, out in public, out in your backyard, wherever you want to go, you can wear them. And you can go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL right now, and you can enter the promo code LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti Sautaman with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti Sautaman. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We will promise you that. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen today. We are free and available on all platforms. So let's get into the trade discussion when it comes to goalies surrounding the NHL. And again, this is going to be a very, very busy offseason for goalies. I think you're going to see quite a bit of movement. Number one on my list, <clears throat> Connor Hellebuck, baby. One year left, making $6 million per. This would be a big splash if Kyle Dubas was to call Winnipeg and see if you can pry him out. Almost 31 goals saved above expected this season. 920 save percentage. One of the five best goalies in the league. Obviously, he doesn't have an extension past the season. But if you are the Penguins, I don't think that matters right now. You are, If you are Dubas and company, you want to win right now. Not two years down the line. Not three years down the line. You want to win right now. Now, I understand he has the same AEV as Jake Ensel, who is also a UFA after the season, but Hellebuck puts you back into the playoff picture. He's a true number one superstar goaltender who you can win with. I don't think he's going to cost as much as UC Soros would. I think you would still have to give up your, your first round pick, top prospect, maybe a roster player or two. And I know at times I hate you know putting value to a player just because sometimes that player goes for a lot less than what I thought he would. For example, Jacob Trickman, I know it's a different position, but he went for draft picks. There was no roster players that went back. So you could see the same thing happen here, but I don't know if Kevin Chevaldeoff is that much of a fool considering how good Hellebuck is, but he does have that one year left on his contract. Could that affect his value a lot? <clears throat> we'll have to see when it comes to that, but he is the cream of the crop or at the cream of the crop when it comes to this position. He's been... Probably the only reason why the Jets are in the playoff discussion year after year after year. They had a great first half of their season this past season. But after January or February, they played like absolute crap. And he was the only reason why they got and even why they won a game off the Vegas Golden Knights. I very much like him. I would love to obviously go out and acquire him. UC Soros, Elliot Freeman, and Jeff Merrick spoke on the 32 Thoughts podcast today. And they both said that it would take a lot to price Soros out of there. They do think that Nashville is going to listen, but you have to actually come to Barry Trotz with an offer that he can't refuse. Soros has two years left, had another ridiculous season, saved over 45 goals above expected, 919 save percentage, another one of the five best goaltenders on the planet. Probably one of the only reasons, if not, I mean, well, yeah, definitely I think the only reason why Nashville was even in consideration to make the playoffs <clears throat> this past season he is also at the top of my wish list. I think that the price will be a bit more. You're probably talking multiple first round picks, maybe multiple prospects and a roster player. This could be 
maybe four to five, maybe even six pieces going back to Nashville. That, that is how much I think they will value Soros. I know it's a goalie. I know the value is sometimes weird, but <clears throat> you're not going to fleece Barry Trotz in a trade for him. Trotz seems like he knows what he's doing as he's, as he's stepping into this roster, being a coach for so many years. He's had some pretty good comments about being a GM the last couple of weeks. I don't think you're going to be able to really fleece him when it comes to this goalie, but he is still at the top of my list. Outside of that, though, Karel Vimelka, if you can't get one of those top two, he obviously catapults right up to the top of my list as well. This past season is in Arizona. Top 15 was 14th in goals saved above expected with 11. His save percentage was a bit low at 899, but I chalked it up to just how bad Arizona was in his defense in front of him. He only makes 2725000 million for the next two seasons. I think he is your guy if you can't get hell of up or Soros on the trade market. You put him behind you know, this defense, especially if Dubas makes some changes in this forward group in a better situation, I think he'll be one of the best goaltenders in the league, and his save percentage will obviously go up as well. I think his, the cost to acquire him will be a bit lower than Hellebuck and Soros to the point where maybe the Penguins, you know, some could argue that they wouldn't be able to afford Hellebuck or Soros. I do think they will be able to afford the Melka here. Maybe I'm being a bit low or wishful thinking with this, but could you get him for a pick and a prospect, a pick and a player, a prospect and a player, something like that? That would be awesome. Again, has a beautiful contract. Then if you can get him and then maybe sign someone else to back him up for cheap, maybe you're only paying, what, 4.5 to 5 million for your goaltending for next season. That would be a, a really best case scenario right there. Linus Olmark, you know, the Bruins have a big cap crunch coming. Had an historic season this past year. Top five in goals they really expected, over a 9.30 save percentage. Could easily win the Vesna. So I think it's going to be him or Ilya Sorokin. Um, <clears throat> in my opinion, but <clears throat> two more years, five million for him. Had a bit of a rough playoff, but I think was a bit banged up. Is he going to be available because they have Swayman to resign? I just don't know if the Bruins can have both of them going into next season again because that's going to be a lot of money tied up to your goaltending. Swayman was also awesome for the Bruins this past year. They won the Jennings Trophy together, but can you commit? I know, I know Swayman had a bit, of, a bit of a cheap cap hit. Can you commit? Nine million to those two goalies? Probably not. You have Taylor Hall that could be a cap casualty. Matt Grizzly could be out there. They have Patrice Bergeron they got to figure out. They have a lot of tough decisions to make this summer, and that includes what to do with their goalies. So Linus Allmark, I would definitely be calling Boston about him. He's up at the top of my list. I'll end here with John Gibson. Look, I would not trade for John Gibson unless almost all my other options were out. I am sorry. I am not a John Gibson fan. I don't care that he's from Pittsburgh. If he was from freaking Saskatchewan or freaking Northern Virginia, where I'm from, for God's sake, no one would be caring about him. His backups have outperformed him for the last two to three seasons. Anthony Stolarz has had a higher save percentage than him. He's in better goals than above expected as well. John Gibson is not the same goalie. If you were getting like 2018 level John Gibson, maybe 2019 level John Gibson, okay, I can understand that and, and why people want him. But right now, he gets 6.4 million for the next few seasons. That contract stinks. He's not good anymore. Say no to him. I am not trading for him. Even though his value is probably not that high, I'm sorry. I, I'm not a fan of it. I, I do not think the Penguins should go out and trade for Gibson. I just do not think he is 
look at goalie anymore. I understand the situation in Anaheim is not good with the defense he plays in, um, behind you know, the overall team, but I just don't think he's going to magically figure it out in another situation such as Pittsburgh. So those are my thoughts on the trade options on the goalie market. If you're asking me overall, Connor Hellbuck is the guy I go after first, if not him or Soros. I go, I go call Arizona and keep hounding him about Vimelka. Honestly, the free agent market is the last thing I go to for this goaltending decision. And I know it's a huge one for Kadu, but it's one that he has to get right. Because it's also one that he struggled at times with when he was in Toronto. It's not Hellebuck or Soros. I am calling Arizona and offering what I can for Vimelka. Because he was one of the better goalies in the league this season. And I do think he would be very good here in a better situation in Pittsburgh. If you can't get anyone via the trade market, I would say go to free agency. Look to see what Jari is asking for in negotiations. Look to see what Aiden Hill is asking for after a good run. Also look to see what Freddie Anderson is looking for as well. If I had to rank those three, <clears throat> man, this is tough. I might go Aiden Hill one, Jari, and Jari right behind him, and then Freddie Anderson right behind him. And then on Tiranta for like a 1B kind of platoon type. That's what I'm looking at right now. But, you know, my best option is Connor Hellebuck. After that, I'm going to go with Vimelka and then some of the free agent options for me. But that does it for this, this segment. Coming up to end the show, we're going to get into some Todd Reardon news and why he might not be on the Penguins coaching staff for next season. That's coming up right after this short break. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. So there was a little bit of new uh, other news surrounding the Penguins on the 32 Thoughts podcast today from Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick. They were discussing the Calgary Flames coaching search. And... Freeman was saying who, who he thinks is still in it. He said these were educated guesses. He said he's heard the names, but he's not fully sure you know, how much they're in it. And he mentioned Mitch Love, Ryan Huska, Travis Green, who was the former head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. And he did mention Todd Reardon. And this is not the first time that Reardon has been in head coaching interviews. Remember, last year, he interviewed and was a finalist for the Chicago Blackhawks head coaching job before they gave it to Luke Richardson. And I did not know that um, Reardon was a finalist for the last head coaching cycle in Calgary when, you know, before they hired Daryl Sutter. So it's obvious that they do have <clears throat> some interest in him and they've had interest in him for a long time. Elliot thinks the new general manager, Craig Conroy, is just circling back to a couple of people who interviewed for that last cycle. He also mentioned Green to see if, you know, maybe they're, ready for this job. And when I, when I first reaction when I saw this, I was, I was kind of like, okay, I think I will be fine with this because I do think the Penguins need a little bit of a shakeup to their coaching staff. I mean, no disrespect to Tarir, and I've heard that the Penguins organization very much respects him and his work. I don't really think the power play has gotten any much better for as long as he's been the assistant coach. Some of the defensemen this past season didn't really do that good of work <clears throat> with Reardon, especially Jeff Petrie coming over from Montreal. I thought he was just okay. Jan Ruda, okay as well. He's known for his work with Crystal Tang. And you know, Tang has said many times that he's one of the best coaches he's ever had. Mike Matheson actually said the same thing after getting traded to Montreal. And then I'm glad that Elliot and Jeff brought this up. They did a great job uh, 
I'm not they, but Reardon did a great job turning Cody Cece's career around before he signed a long-term deal with the Edmonton Oilers. So he has had good work with some defense from the others. It's kind of been lacking at times. I think the biggest thing, though, is that his work with the special teams has not been that good. And I do think the Flames are intrigued about him because of that work with the, with the defenseman and because he's only been a head coach once. Remember, he had that short-term stint with the Washington Capitals where he flamed out. He was only there for a couple of years was fired, brought on by Mike Sullivan to his staff. So I think the Flames are maybe looking to see if he learned from that experience in Washington. And I'm sure that Dubas and Sullivan will have plenty of people out there available to them if Reardon does end up getting this job. But I just don't think it should be a surprise to anyone that Reardon is involved in this because this is not the first time he's been courted for a head coaching job. And honestly, both him and Mike, Mike Bellucci have been courted for several head coaching jobs, even though they haven't gotten them since they were promoted to assistant coaches here in Pittsburgh. But overall, be curious to see what happens with that. I don't think it's going to be that major of a loss if he does go to Calgary. It's, it was funny seeing all the reactions from people on Penguins Twitter and all the forums and stuff. They were like, please, please take him. <laughs> please take him. I, I can understand how you know some of the fans are feeling that way just because of his work again with the special teams. But you know, I do think in a way he will be missed if he if he goes, especially with you know Chris Tang and you know, you know Cody Cece before he left, and then Mike Matheson. And, you know, I thought Marcus Pedersen had a great season this past year. I think you could chalk up a little bit of that to Tar Reardon with him working with MP28. So I, I, would, I don't think Pedersen's going to have a massive step back if Reardon takes that job. But, you know, it would be something at least you – know, how do I want to say this? It would be something, I guess, to monitor in quotation marks, but I think he'll, he'll still be just fine. But I, I do think you saw quite a jump from him this year. And overall, Reardon, I think, played at least a, a decent part in that. But that's the latest when it comes to the Pittsburgh Penguins and their news surrounding the team. I'll have more on the team for a Thursday episode. We'll continue to dive into the free agent market. We'll look at some of the forwards soon, some of the defensemen, give you my, my best options for Kyle Dubas because, again, the Penguins have over $20 million salary cap space. As of right now, they could have upwards of $25 million if they buy on Kyle Granlin. There is no shortage of options to, to discuss when it comes to the free agent market for both defense and forwards. And we'll also have plenty of trade talk, silly season scenarios where the Penguins will be going after a couple of players. And maybe including Pierre-Luc Dubois, only has one year left on his contract. He would make a lot of sense here in a top six role or even a third line role for this team. So again, thank you all so much for listening slash watching. Really, really appreciate it. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Thursday.